1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When God created man, he placed him in a garden. There were many trees in that garden, but two trees were named because they were going to be important to mankind. Adam was forbidden to eat of one of those trees, the tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The other tree was called the tree of life. Later in the Bible, we see that the tree of life is a picture of Jesus. The tree of life was said to be in the midst of the garden. It symbolizes the fact that man was created in such a way as to have God at the very center of his life. We are meant to be God dependent. We are his creatures, not our own creators. And life depends upon us remaining dependent upon God and not trying to be God. When Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he rejected God as the center and replaced him with self. This is the essence of sin. That was the temptation of serpent. He said, you will be like God. Believing that lie is the root cause of all human suffering and misery today. Thank God for Jesus, the tree of life, who restores us to god sended living. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And hello, welcome to the program. And another interesting week Could be a touchy subject, judging. And there's certainly a lot of that that goes on today, isn't there? Not just in the world, but sadly in the church as well. Now, Ken has just reminded us about how God's beautiful creation fell apart when Adam partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Ken, is there a connection between this and and our tendency to be judgmental, do you think?
1: Yes, I believe there is. Let's start by asking the question, Phil, how does God know good and evil? Well, the answer, of course, is by relating everything to himself. Only God is eternally and essentially good. Therefore, that which is consistent with his nature and being is good. And that which is inconsistent with God is evil. So only God can say what is good and what is evil, and only he is qualified. So that brings us to the question, how are we supposed to know what's right and what's wrong? Mm. Well, God intended for his creation to discover the knowledge of good and evil by relating everything to him. By coming to God, relating to Him, keeping Him as the center, we would know right from wrong. Of course, the temptation was you don't need God to know what is good and evil. Eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you will have the knowledge independently of God.
0: Sounds like a temptation that we face today. A lot of people <laughs> say, oh, you don't need God. You don't it's make all it all up about as you me. Go along. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Me in the middle. Exactly. Of course, when man ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he began to do what God did. He began to see himself as the center. And this is how we try to live now. You know, We believe the lie, you are the center of the universe. This is your world. Everything relates to you. Mm -hmm. What you like is good. What you don't like is evil. And today, of course, there are billions of self-styled gods on the earth. That's why the gospel begins with the word repent. And, of course, to repent means to change our minds about this fundamental issue. We are not God. We are creatures, that is, created ones, uh, not the creator. Oh, but it's so easy for us to think that we
0: are up there with him, isn't it? I mean, everyone believes that their judgment is uh, paramount. You know, uh, we live by what we think is right and wrong, and then we live by those judgments. That's right, Phil. And,
1: of course, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil inevitably sets us up as judge. We're the sender now. So we interpret everything as it relates to us. People, things, events derive their worth, you could say, on the basis of how we evaluate them and how we evaluate them is by the extent to which they affect us. Mm. Do they love me? They're good. <laughs> do they please me? They're good. Do they do what I want them to do? Do they agree with me? And, and in this way, I determine whether they're good or evil, in or out. Now, of course, Phil, we're not meant to be in the center or to be the source, but rather to be a channel of love and life coming out of the real center and source, who is God. But when we try to live as the center, we actually don't impart life,
0: but death. I guess it's kind of our default setting. I mean, it's what comes so naturally to us, and probably why Jesus also said, Judge not, lest you be judged. But does that mean
1: that there is no place for judgment, Ken? Oh, no, certainly not. And in fact, that's an important point, Phil, and we're going to look at that throughout the week. But in the passage that you just referred to, you know, in Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus said, Judge not, that you be not judged, that word for judge there is a translation of, of the Greek word krino, which means to separate. That is to separate the good. From the bad, Now, there's a place, of course, for this, but the judgment Jesus is condemning does not separate good behavior from bad behavior. It separates people into the good guys and the bad guys. It places me as the judge, the one who makes the calls on what's right, what's wrong, and so on. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody once said to me, uh, hey, you preached a good sermon today. My response was, why? Because you said so? What
0: (laughs) did they say to that? that
1: (laughs) I think it kind of knocked them a bit. But, um, you know, the thing is that we, we can't really come under the judgment and the evaluations of people just like that. Do you remember um, there was a time when Paul and Barnabas went to a place, I think it was called Lystra, and uh, they did a miracle, you know, they performed a miracle, and everybody came running out, they're gods, they're gods. And Paul and Barnabas says, no, 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 we're not. Don't look at us, look at him, you know. Mm. And then the next thing, they're stoning them. <laughs> mm. You know, that's how fickle man is. One minute, you know, you, you preach the good sermon, the next day, crucify him, crucify him. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not going to happen in your church yet. <laughs> Let's summarise
0: here a little bit. What you're saying is that eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has made us self-appointed gods, and one of the ways that that's characterised is by our tendency to judge
1: others. Is that right? Yep. So what's the answer? Well, the problem came by eating from a tree. So that's the remedy. But, of course, a different tree. You remember we spoke earlier about there being two trees in the garden mm-hmm. uh, that were many trees, of course, but two that were actually mentioned. One was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, don't go near that. Don't touch that. You don't need to know that. But the other was called the tree of life. And, of course, Jesus is the picture of the tree of life. Now, after Genesis chapter 3, it's interesting we don't read anything more about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. we are partaking of that, and that's how we're operating now. you know. But the tree of life is found at the end of the Bible. In the book of Revelation Now we know it's a picture of Jesus And uh, we know of course That everything that Jesus wanted to do To overthrow the curse You know the fall Was done on a tree on the cross Listen to what Peter said Uh, He said that Jesus bore our sins In his own body on the tree And then when he was preaching In the book of Acts He says this The God of our fathers Raised up Jesus Whom you murdered By hanging on a tree now, it's interesting, you know, the tree was the cause of our downfall, the fall, the sin, entering the world, death, the curse, and so on. And the tree of life, Jesus, which is Jesus dying in our place, redeeming us from the curse, is the way back to God and to, to peace and happiness and blessing. Now, just look at some comparisons here, Phil. Um, one of the interesting things that we note about the tree of life is that we're told that it was in the midst of the garden, right in the center. And as I said at the beginning, that's really meant to underline the fact that God is meant to be central in our lives. We Mm. live from him, the source. Now, Jesus, it says, was crucified in the midst of two thieves. I don't think that's a coincidence. It makes a point that he was right in the center there at Calvary. Uh, The tree that he hung on was right central to that scene. Another thing is that Adam and Eve were thieves, you could say who stole the forbidden fruit, and they were turned out of paradise. Now, turn that around. Jesus on the cross turned to a thief and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Mm. I'm taking mm. a thief into paradise. Interesting. You know, turned it around. Um, another thing is, of course, that the curse came by eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But... Jesus, when he died upon the cross, he removed the curse. He, he delivered us from the curse of the law. Listen to what Paul says. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And it's almost like you know the Holy Spirit keeps underlying this fact that Jesus is the tree of life. Now, here's another one. Death came by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Life comes by eating from the tree of of life, Jesus, And I guess it's when we actually partake of
0: that tree of life that there's a bit of a paradigm change. Mm. You know, we naturally, as I said before, it's kind of our default setting that we want to have ourselves at the center. But when, yeah. when we uh, intentionally go to
1: that tree, our mindset changes and we are set free by the truth. Yes. You remember Jesus said to a crowd of Jews, you know, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. You know, partake of me, eat of me. And many turned away, probably because of what you just said, that they found it repulsive. But also they knew that he would have to be back in the center. Our subject
0: this week is judging and we'll continue the conversation same time tomorrow. Hope you can join us. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian
1: Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.